This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by Roback, Roback.com, performance apparel company. They make polos, hoodies, Q-zips that are legit, just the best fit and the best feel. I know you've seen the little dog logo on people's shoulders. That's Roback. They gave you a 20% off coupon if you use the code REDWHITE. So go support the sponsors of the podcast. Go get yourself some sick apparel. And thanks for listening. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. Morning, guys. How you doing? It's uh, Ed from uh, you know where. Um, well, morning, guys. How you doing? It's uh, Ed from uh, you know where. Um, well, I watched uh, the fourth quarter of the pack against Connecticut. Um, you know, uh, pretty exciting, and um, hoping hoping that we're going to have a good year. I'm on the seven five seven and five bandwagon. Unfortunately, not sure, not convinced. You know, too early to tell. I'm hopeful that uh, we'll be better than that, but uh, just not convinced yet. We see a win against Notre Dame. That that really starts the season well. Um, I believe, though, that Notre Dame should be favored. You know, disappointed that Carolina beat USC. And, um, you know, South Carolina would have beaten us. I mean, we always lose that kind of game, the first game of the year. So uh, just disappointed that happened. Anyway, they beat Notre Dame. I'm a believer. If they don't, if they lose badly, or sloppily, then uh, I think we're we're mediocre. Talk to y'all later. Hope you had a great summer. Go back. All right, folks. We are back with another edition of the Red White Podcast. That was Ed from LA. I apologize to Ed. Left us a message, and I've been neglecting to include it for no particular reason. I'm curious what you think now, Ed. After the Notre Dame game, what are your what are your thoughts? So. I'm sure the people want to know. So Ed from LA, thanks for, as always for participating. I kind of felt the same way after the UConn game and, you know, Will and I talked a lot in the last episode about where we are now after the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame game, but trying to move forward and talk about VMI NC state is I don't know how big of a favorite they are, but SP Plus has us supposed to win this game by 40. But here's a fun fact. VMI leads the all-time series against NC State 5-8. to eight. What? 5-8 to eight and a tie in VMI in a series dating from 1904 to 1946. <laughs> All right, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun, fun fact for you there. Will, do you think VMI will continue their dominance in the series? Uh, well, I was telling you, fun fact, uh, at least passing wise, their their quarterback has better stats than than Brennan Armstrong does as of now. So, you know, they could surprise us. Uh, I saw they had a pretty mighty twelve seven victory over over Davidson. So, I don't want to discount anybody, Evan. Yeah, this should be one of the worst teams we've ever played. I'm pretty sure that's not anecdotal. If you look at the numbers and look at his the history behind it. So what do you expect to take away from – what do you expect to happen and what do you expect to take away from this game? What are you looking to see? I don't think anybody really wants us to break down VMI to any degree. 
So what do you expect to see from the NC State side? Well, get out healthy. Um, I'd like for I'd like to see them condense the rotation down on wide receiver. And so I'd like to see whoever is going to be the lead to be the leads going throughout this game. Um, I tell you what, offense better look uh, smooth and under control. Um, if there's a bunch of three and outs, I'm going to be sitting there being frustrated. So I don't know. I think I would be it frustrated be like, there's any three and outs. Well, you know, stuff happens, like drops, things like that, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. But, you know, if we if we look sloppy, it's going to be frustrating. You know, this should be a game like Charleston Southern last year where we should have a lot of big explosive plays. If these wide receivers can't get open against this team, uh, you know, cancel the season <laughs> is how I'd feel. <coughs> Yeah, I'm not too far off with you. Uh, I I want to see. I don't. I don't really know what I want to see. I don't know. Let me ask you this question: Will anything that you see make you feel any better about the rest of the season? I'd just like to see. Like I said, I'd like to for us to look a little smoother on offense, right? Like, yeah, you know, this is a game where the running back should do well. Right? Like, I mean, <clears throat> I'm assuming VMI watches the tape. They're probably going to sit back in zone like everyone else has now and said, well, I mean, Brennan Armstrong doesn't have an ability to really carve you up if we sit back. So, yeah, I'd like to just see how we attack this thing. And like I said, it should be easy peasy. There's a really, you know, it's just a weird week, right? We're playing this game. Then we've got a Friday game with UVA, right? Which is obviously what Brennan Armstrong is going to be thinking a lot about. And obviously it's the first ACC game. Well, other than Notre Dame quasi ACC team. So I just think they just want to get through, um, do as little as they have to, but look efficient in, in that work. Right. I agree with the rotations. I want to see the young guys get some snaps, not just because I think the young guys give us something, but just it's it's a way for them to learn, a way for them to get live live reps. And I don't want to see us trotting out the seniors and whatever else for any particular reason. Other, I just, I just want to see the young guys and see what they can do. Dave talked about in his press conference that the players need to make plays and earn trust with Coach and I. And – I, like, I kind of want to see the young guys do that. I want to see the young guys given that opportunity. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm curious how, you know, if we're breaking it down by position, I'm curious how the the run game snaps break down. Kendrick Raphael getting more snaps than Michael Allen. I think is interesting. Is that going to continue? Why is that going to continue? What does that look like in this game? I, I think they should both get a heavy load and see what they have. I, I want to see these. I, I want to see a dominant run game in this game. And I want to see that being driven by Michael Allen and, and Kendrick Raphael. That's kind of what I'm looking for on that side. Did anyone ask Dave why Michael Allen got one snap or one carry? Of course not. Our yeah. people who cover it just don't ask those kind of questions. I don't know why. Uh, he will probably say, you know, that's you know, Coach and I's play calling and the packages associated with blah, blah, blah. It would be some coach speak answer. 
this game will be a little more telling how they use him. I almost thought he was hurt given yeah. the fact that he, but he, I mean, he was in there for 20 plus snaps, but he only got one carry. So, yeah, but a lot, I, I mean, I'd like to know if those know. were like special team snaps. Um, maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe. Like you could say maybe he's in there for eight of those, nine of those. I can't remember how many, you know, however many kick returns, punts, etc. Right. Um, it's yeah. I don't know. Do, do we have the breakdown? So what was the carries last game? Do we have it for like Houston, Mims, everyone? Uh, I don't have there it. There weren't many attempts, right? No, it wasn't. There were so many passes. Hold on, let me go. I'm trying to pull it up real fast. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I just... If we're going to suck at running the ball all year, then cool. I get it. I don't care. I'm not going to like care about the rushing attempts then. But yeah, Houston, seven carries. Lassane... Two, Mount Mims, four, Raphael, three, Allen, one, Gray, one, and then Brennan, 12. All right. All right. Houston average 3.7. I don't know what you make of that. Damn, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different people caught the ball last game. I think that's the problem, personally. Um, yeah, I, you know, these are the games where it's like, as a fan, you're just like, God, I just want to fast forward and see the end of the game and see no one got hurt and that we scored a bunch of points and we didn't let up very many. I'm going to lose it. If VMI gets an explosive touchdown, (laughs) like that's, you know, this, this should be a, a big statement week from the defense, right? They were calling each other out post game end game. In locker room. So, better be a lot of strong tackling. Better be guys comfortable in their assignments. You know, again, I I, I guess, you know, we're probably discounting the impact of Jakeen Harris being out. And maybe that's having some impact on the back end. But, um, and Ashford, I guess. So, I don't know, man. Just clean game, right? Yeah. I hate these games. I know me too. It's so hard to take anything from it. It's the the only thing I can take from is get the young guys in the game. If you're the staff, do you put MJ Morrison at all? Yeah. I mean, I would. Right. Like, I mean, (laughs) well, right. If if this game isn't a blowout by the second end of the second quarter, um, you know, and that you don't get that comfortable third quarter where you can give him the fourth, what are we doing? Right? Like, I mean, if, if you can't get to him, then I'd say, yeah, then you do go to him kind of thing. Right? Like, I, I don't, I am not wed to Brennan Armstrong. I don't care how much money he got for NIL. I don't care about any of that. If if we're three games in the season and the offense is dysfunctional, I'd rather go with the guy that I know can pass the ball and throw catchable deep balls. Like, I, are I you worried? You're not, you're not, yeah, sorry. You're not worried about MJ comes in in garbage time, throws a couple of TDs, and then everybody's clamoring for MJ. I would um, play MJ, <laughs> right? I mean, if he comes in and throws garbage touchdowns, right? And those are efficiently thrown balls and things that Brennan can't do, then yeah, I, I would do it. Now, 
do I expect it to happen? Probably not. I think Brandon Armstrong should easily score a bunch of points in this game and run the ball in a bunch of times and not give that ammunition. But after that game on Friday next week, things can be different, right? Like that's where you make that change where you go, I guess we have Virginia, then Louisville, then Marshall, right? Yes. So, yeah. So I, I think you give, I think you give Brennan two ACC games against two teams that he should do well against in theory. And if he can't do it, then I would just make the move at that point. I don't know what, what we're doing. I don't think they do it. I bet you MJ doesn't come in at all or very little in this game because I don't think they want to have the quarterback controversy or the, well, here's the, the thing, right? One. You know, the team knows the team sits there in practice and if he's playing decently well in practice and you, you know, you've seen him game well, right? And if he goes in and, and performs well and the team gets behind him, then the team's behind him. Like, cause in the end, Brandon Armstrong is just a hired gun. And the only reason he was brought in is he knows the nice offense and that gives him a leg up. And we thought things were going to be a 2021 style offense, right? We're not seeing that. Now you might say, well, if we play certain receivers, we may have a better opportunity to see that. Hence why I was saying, I think we need to condense the wide receiver set down. You know, maybe it takes care of itself. Like I haven't seen anything that suggests Porter Rook should be playing or starting anymore. Um, like hate to say it, but that's the case. Um, and if you're not going to give me Ant Smith and you're not going to give me Terrell Tem- more Terrell Timmons, you better give me more roster Casey and Vereen. Like, like that's the other thing I don't get is the Terrell Timmons disappearance all of a sudden. Yeah, that was weird. He didn't he didn't do a whole lot last this last game. I'm not. Yeah. Again, the rotations are just mind boggling to me. I, I want to see some. I want to see the young guys, obviously, but I also want to see some consistency on it. And you know, maybe less. Uh, I don't want to say transparency, but maybe less obvious when Del- Delbert Mims comes in, or you know, short yarders back, or Michael Allen comes in. Like, I think it's dictating what's going to happen. I thought yeah. it was interesting going back and looking at the participation reports that guys that got heavy usage last year, like the Seabro twins have been relegated to special teams. And, and I guess I just wonder if they don't fit what Anai wants to do, which would be my guess, right? I, I don't think they are going to, um, I don't know if we're going to be tight end heavy as we have been in the past too much to uh, some of our listeners chagrin who love some tight ends. But to me, I want to see guys, I want to see the young guys make plays. I want to see more juice for I want to see more Casey. I want to see more Michael Allen, Raphael, give these younger guys a chance, you know, just to see what they can do and see if they can form some chemistry and see if they can earn, um, earn some trust and earn some rapport with Armstrong and an eye. Like that's, that's what I'm looking for in this game. I, I was listening to um, Kent Gibbs and locked on podcast the other day. J- just wanted to hear his thoughts on it. And he had a good point. And it's kind of something we've been talking about before, but guys just don't magically become five stars or they don't magically become, you know, elite playmakers. And he was just, his point was, they, you know who they are by now, right? You know who Keon Lassane is. You know who these older guys are and what they're going to do. And expecting them to break out all of a sudden 
and just do things that they haven't shown that they can do, I think it's kind of a fool's errand. I'm not sure why we continue to expect that, you know, Keon's he's fine, but he shouldn't be your deep ball outside guy. Right. That's, that's not what he's good at. Trent Penix. Like we're still trying to make that a thing. Let's, let's get some of the younger guys in. Are we trying to make it a thing? Cause I haven't seen him very much in these two games. And you know, if, if it is, we're trying to keep Trent Penix healthy so he can make it to ACC play. Then like, again, I don't think you should be having players on your team that are so high of an injury risk that you can't rely on them. Right. Like I get it. I know the upsides there. I've seen it flash. Is it worth building a whole scheme around? I don't think so. Not if you can get them. Juice Vereen's yeah. out there doing the same thing and doing a lot more right now. You know, so I'd like to know, you know, if he's dinged up or whatever, I get it with Penix. I just really thought last game was going to be the, here we go, Trent Penix is going to be on the field for 50 snaps. Um, right. And just trying to make Notre Dame think, at least. Um, and, you know, like going back to like that Clemson game a few years back that we won, right? That was... He was in that game more and he was causing those mismatches and critical times we went to him and he kept drives alive and things like that. So again, just felt like we were kind of missing that kind of necessary jackknife, but you know, I'm just to the point where um, I know the guys are really nice and they've been around for a long time. I just don't care about the feel good story. So if, if the older players are not actually showing results on the field, then they should stop being on the field. And Frankly, they probably shouldn't be here anyways. They probably should have transferred. I think we made a really big mistake. This is the only problem that concerns me when it's a culture, 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 culture program that you think that everyone in the transfer portal doesn't have good culture either. Like that's the implication. Our culture is better than whatever's in the portal. That's very Davos Swinney. And you're seeing the the downfall (laughs) of that thought process. And I feel like we did it again this year. And I don't know. Like I liked what I saw out of Rosner and it was only one play, but I liked what I saw out of Collins. I could see where that big body can help us. And so I just think you got to be cutthroat in this world and say, we got to go do what we got to go do. It's been great that you're here. It's going to look really weird when we've got captains that are on the bench, but you know what? If they've got such great attitudes, they'll sit there and be great captains on the bench. So like do what you got to do. Outside of playing the young guys, what do you think they need to do in order to find some offensive rhythm? Well, I think playing, like, not just playing the young guys, but playing the same guys will help, right? Yeah. It does not help the quarterback to, in my opinion, trying to target so many different players, right? And not knowing, you know, maybe you know where they're going to be. Maybe you don't know where they're going to be, you know? So <clears throat> I think I would just do that and just rep the hell out of those six guys, maybe five guys, maybe instead of the eight or nine. <laughs> and you know, yeah, there's going to be some times where they make the wrong route combination and it may lead to a pick. Like, fine, whatever. It's just going to happen. Like, I have resolved myself that there's going to be more turnovers this year than we're used to. And some of them are going to be boneheaded ones. And, like, whatever, we just got to do it. But you also need Brennan to just have some confidence and just say, I'm going to throw it to the right spot. And if they're there, they're there. And if they're not there, that's their fault, you know? Because yeah. I don't expect MJ to make the right read there either. So show me why he's there. He needs to be, he needs to process faster. I'm a little frustrated just watching Brennan 
seemingly unsure. Like it doesn't really make sense to me. So I think it's a bit of being unsure and again, not having the rapport and the chemistry with, with certain guys and the offensive line and, and and all those things. Like he should know know the offense. Yeah. Yeah. You know who has (laughs) that chemistry with those guys and the rapport and has been here throwing balls at these guys, MJ Morris. Yeah. So like, I would just love for someone. I know someone must have been out of practice and he must have played like dog shit or something because it it's like not even being brought up. So again, maybe he's just been off. Maybe there's been injuries, wisdom teeth, whatever. Um, you know, but I think, I think this, I think the next three weeks or these next three games are show me games for Brendan Armstrong because, you know, it's going to be an emotional game up at UVA Louisville defense. Doesn't look that improved to me. Actually, it looks worse than last year. So, Show us that you what you can do with the bottom of the AC bottom slash mid of the ACC, and give us some confidence going into that Marshall game. If we're unconfident, it's it will be time to make a change. So I, I think it'll just kind of naturally solve itself. And I'm trying to remember when is our bye week? Is it after Marshall? Mm, I believe so. Yeah, I'm not sure double. exactly. Yeah, I'll take a quick look. But that again, I think there's a couple of points where QB can be resolved. And I think in the meantime, make it easier on the QBs. Go with the young guys and just understand that when there's a mistake, the QBs just need to eat it and move on from it kind of thing. Do you think the pack wins by 40 plus? No, I, yeah. I'm I, cause I get the feeling that Dave Doring doesn't want to run it up on a, the military Institute. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking like 28 to three or 35, three or something like that. Yeah. What do you think about the, speaking of, speaking of, what do you think about the comment they made, Brandon Armstrong made that they try to score 31. That's their goal is score 31 every game. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping it would be a little bit higher, but like I get the thought process. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thought process, that's four touchdowns and a field goal, right? Like that that should be enough in a lot of games with what should have been a better, more sound defense. So I, I could get that mindset. Um, and saying 31 is your floor means that there's up weight, you know, you've got way more upside, right? So, <laughs> so, you know, but they haven't met their goal for the first two games, right? So that's a little frustrating. Right. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure they're frustrated. I guess the one thing I, you just don't want to see this offense feel like it's pressing, right? Like, I remember with the 2019 season, right? You could feel as the season was going on, especially after those first like three or four games, right? You could feel the OCs were trying to force things to happen. And, you know, I I just hope it kind of calms itself down. We kind of hit a rhythm. Guys get into a flow. Um, It just feels like, I don't know, man, that chatter coming out of that game did not make me feel good about the healthy locker room culture. And I remember in 2019, right, there were reports of like Peyton Wilson telling guys to like step up or get out back in 2019. So it's really frustrating to hear it in 2022. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Some other things I want to get to. I think state wins this game easy. It's probably 35, three. If I'm going to take a guess at a score, but there's some other things around the college football world that I want to talk to you about. I want to, I want to get your thoughts on one of them being, we were talking about transfer portals. I can go on culture and, (laughs) 
this is probably one of my favorite all-time quotes from Keon Coleman, the elite wide receiver transferred from Michigan State to Florida State and then just had a ridiculous game against LSU and just been showing why he's so good. But this is his quote. When I first entered the transfer portal, word got out I was considering FSU. Immediately, my DMs got flooded by Florida thoughts and Instagram models offering sexual favors if I came to Tallahassee. And that's when I knew the Knolls were back, baby. Is not that not one of the best quotes ever? Yeah, but then I immediately started thinking, oh, it's a bunch of middle-aged men with fake photos that are trying to seduce a wide receiver. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was just like, I know this. I know these Florida State people. They're probably just paying some dude in India to do this. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I had to, someone had to explain what a thought was to me. Well, uh, what is a thought? I think it was that hoe over there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which I, I, I had never heard it. And in fact, like an idiot in my head, I was calling it T-Hot. Because I was like, some, yeah, T-Hots over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was really funny when I saw it. And then I thought, this can't be real, right? Like this guy didn't openly say this. Um, I still haven't. <laughs> it doesn't I, seem real. It still doesn't seem real. It doesn't. I'm sure it's not. Um, but it's close enough for it to feel real. And that's why deep fakes are a problem out of heaven. <laughs> um, the, uh, I still, I haven't saved, but I haven't watched the LSU FSU game yet. So I actually have not seen this guy in action. So I'll probably try to do that while flying this week. But, um, I mean, that's the thing, right? Everyone's talking about the impact of a big time playmaker at wide receiver. Right? I don't know how many games you win when you have a bunch of duds out there so yeah i i thought that's hilarious to me uh he is he is an elite wide receiver and that's you need to watch him play like he, he's really good my, it's definitely my big, on the docket my bigger point was that we have enough uh engineers and smart guys out there that should be having instagram bots to help our recruiting so y'all need to get on this y'all need to get on this and start doing these things like we want to be an sec program we need to get some bots going for us. So somebody get out there and start doing that. Okay, Don't tweet recruits, but your bots can send sexual favors to transfer portal guys. We're all for that. You heard it here first. Speaking <laughs> of sexual favors, Mel Tucker. No, oh, oh, <laughs> no, let's not talk about it. Yes, oh. Mel, we got to. We got to. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Mel Tucker, this is the weirdest story. This is one of the weirdest stories of all time. You got a $100 million contract after one good year. Mel Tucker comes out to be having a relationship with Brenda Tracy. Everybody knows, probably heard that name around state uh, when James Smith Williams was here. Uh, they were around a lot, and she was talking about uh, sexual misconduct, right? And that that's her, her bigger deal. And it turns out her and Mel Tucker had some relationship where – he started being off on the phone with her, and apparently she didn't like that. And I think this whole, he admits it, so this is not allegedly. I think Mel Tucker is a married man, and this whole thing, this whole story is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you accidentally have phone sex, but apparently that's what he did. At least it was very one-sided phone sex. No, the point I was wanting to make about it is I've heard podcasts talking about it, and this is a conversation we've had before. 
a lot of people are who's going to be who's going to coach Michigan State next, even though he has not been uh, fired. He's been suspended, but he's going to get fired. And <laughs> the name that always comes up for these jobs is Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Hmm. And I think like okay, that's fine. I, I always wonder why Dave's name doesn't come up in, in the same conversation. They are exactly the same. Yeah. I'm not saying he should or I want him to or whatever. I'm just saying, just find it fascinating that Mark Stoops comes up and he's like, the stability he's brought into Kentucky, right? He's reached his limit at Kentucky. This is what Kentucky can do. Nobody says the same thing about Dave. And I'm kind of wondering, like, I don't know why. I think it's weird it's weird to me i uh well my guess is because dave is unfortunately his teams have crapped the bed so many times now um, what has kentucky done but what are your expectations for kentucky like i think for whatever reason there is an expectation that nc state football should be better than what it's been which i agree with um i think the national media types think it should be better um, they always give us shit when we try to be better. Um, but with Kentucky, there was zero expectations for football there. And quite frankly, that's why he has that awesome contract, right? Where if he gets bowl eligible, he gets an extension automatically. So yeah. if I was that guy, why would I ever leave? Why would I want to possibly go up to Michigan state for that crap? You know, I mean, I'm sure I would assume a Stoops family member is pretty well off at this point. <laughs> in their life contract wise and money wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, I think, I think Dave Dorn is respected because he has a good culture and um, I think he's grown on the media a little bit, but when it comes down to it, they've just seen us lose to Clemson so many times. They've seen us just miss the opportunity over and over. And maybe you look at a, a Stoops and say, well, what was he possibly supposed to do at Kentucky? Yeah, in the SEC, oh, all yeah. that jazz, right? Is that, that's got to be I, what it is, right? Now, if I was Michigan State, I would go get Leopold for what he's yeah, doing in Kansas, right? That's yeah, a better, that, that is a more, we're trying to, we're clearly outperforming where we should be. Um, so that's the kind of move I would do there. I just don't see Stoops ever leaving Kentucky. Like the contract is yeah. too good, right? Well, like two the names security. That, came, that kept coming up were the Kansas schools climbing and yeah, Leipold. So but, not surprised. I just thought but, that was interesting. The whole Mel Tucker thing is oh weird. Gosh, I mean, uh, like you have a hundred million dollar contract and that's what you do. Come dude. on now. And your wife's a think a lawyer as well. So it's like, boy, you you know your nuts are getting clipped here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to get into the specifics of it. I can see how yeah. it. What happened happened, and uh, I don't think it resolves him one bit. So, you know, I, I think when that happened, Michigan State administration, especially after last year, must have been like, thank you, Jesus. Like, we finally yeah. have oh, it yeah. out. What a, you know, what a terrible decision. Like, you know, in the end, it was the Quicken Loans guy, I guess, or Rocket Mortgage guy that Rocket Mortgage, yeah. that basically subsidized that contract, I guess. So maybe the administration wasn't so hard have so much heartburn about it. Yeah. Um, but I would say, right, let's, let's just say the job opens up. Dave Doran gets mentioned. Dave leaves. Is it the worst thing again? 
Like I think we've said before, right? The best scenario is either Dave retires or Dave leaves for a better job, right? So you can always say that there was it was right. right you weren't held back being here. Um, I'd be curious to see what I feel like. Boo is just trying to make it through his time here without hiring a coach. <laughs> sure so, feels like it. You know, yeah. I feel like that means you know Gibson or someone would get promoted, but then again, he's not having that great of a year right now. Um, and you don't, you know, it's funny. I was thinking the other day, I was like, what would happen if Gibson moved on? And, you know, you got this whole life defense that's set up for a three, three, five. And then I remembered, oh yeah, you got the transfer portal now. So you could literally rebuild a defense overnight in theory. Um, and more teams are moving to three, three, five anyway. So it's not like, oh it's, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, great. I don't think it's dangerous, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, God, man, I, the, I just love watching people implode that are like yeah, set for life, fun. right? Like I cannot yeah, believe how this stupid idiot. you have to be. How and stupid I, you have You know, to be. I just whatever. Move on. Yeah. Uh pod chat poll came out. We need to figure out a good segment for to do this like early in the week to talk about it. I don't I don't know. Uh if anybody has any ideas, please let me know. Uh the I think the uh, I'm always impressed at how accurate I think this poll is. It as the more games come on and I think we have some very uh, astute followers here and listeners who you know vote in this poll and georgia florida state texas michigan southern cal Ohio state penn state notre dame washington alabama that's a top 10 that's pretty good it's pretty good to me even the back end i think is is about right i don't know if you had a chance to look at it or had any any thoughts on it but i think it's it's always interesting to me that i i feel like we do a better job than a lot of the the AP and media voters who are probably just box score watching. Yeah. I, uh, well, my whole thing is like, I'd like to wait until like four or five weeks into the season before I really start giving any credence to it. But yeah, I mean, it's nice to see. Did you see? Yeah. Um, the other thing one, I got a couple of things. I'm just going to rattle off here. Did you see booze hostage letter that got leaked? <laughs> I mean, can you tell me what was going on with the W spacing in that thing? It was really I don't know. It's like W spacing, random bolding, uh spacing before a colon. I'm like, who? The W and the space bar, I'm not I'm sure my your keyboard, but on my keyboard, they're nowhere near each other. Yeah, it so almost looked sure. like it was some freak format thing. I mean, it was always the W. So um the APR like the A's are out of place. Yeah. Honestly, if you like this had to have been leaked intentionally, there's not a whole lot in here that. I, I don't know. It, it feels like one of those things I'm going to write this and then somebody's going to leak it on purpose. Kind but of it's deals. Also like all it says, is, it's nothing. like a nothing burger. It's like, yeah. Hey, sit tight. We're fine. You know, it's not uh, like, hey, we've got a landing spot in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for anybody who wants to see it. But. Essentially, it's it's in regards to realignment, and he sent it back on August 6th, and it says, with all the craziness surrounding conference affiliation over the past week, I wanted to reach out and let everyone know NC State Athletics will be fine, uh, blah, blah, blah. The bolded part is we need to continue to strive to be the best NC State Athletic Department we can be on a daily basis, blah, 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 APR, blah, blah, blah. Things are continuing to change. We'll monitor until then, blah, blah, blah. And that's about what it read like. 
But yeah. just the whole thing, just the way it looks, like if I'm leaking this thing or if, if I'm boo, like I got a secretary checking my emails or I'm putting it through chat GPT and like, yo, fix fix this for me because this looks like a hostage letter. It looks like it was cut out of a magazine. And I just, that was the first thing I saw it. And that's, that's what I said. Yeah. My guess is, I mean, we could go back and look at the timeline of what was going on that weekend. I'm sure it was one of the heavy realignment weekends. Right. And my guess is enough people were saying, hey, can you, you know, send something to calm people down? And he's like, fine. You know, so here it is. Um, I've seen communications like that on our side from a corporate perspective, especially during difficult times. Like, so it's just like, look like that. I don't know. I've sent more reassuring emails to my interns and stuff like. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, it's just to me, it just read as like, yo, shut up. I'm busy. Like, we're fine. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like there, nothing is really happening. This is all bluster. Right. Uh And um, like, yeah. So to me, I'm just like, not a big deal right now. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, The NC State storylines. I like to put this thing out. Just checking on like how Devin Leary's doing and Demi Sumo and some of these other guys. Uh, Josh Harris hasn't recorded a tackle yet. He hasn't been in any of the stats so far for the season, so I hadn't included him, but I've been watching uh, Ole Miss defensive stats for that reason. Uh, Devin Leary in the last game against Eastern Kentucky was 24 for 38, 299, eight yards per, four touchdowns, one pick, 33 QBR, so not the best. No. Uh, Sumo didn't get any carries, but he did get one reception for six yards. It's kind of baffling. That whole Sumo thing's baffling to me. You think he was going to get more usage to how he went or, you know, why he left and all that stuff? I, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Have yeah. you watched Kentucky yet? No. I hope no, they watch this to. weekend they play Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I want to see him this weekend. I want to see how Larry well, does yeah. it with Georgia. That's what I'm saying. It's like the other two games, though, it's just like, who cares? And the other thing, too, I think his offensive coordinator had a health issue before the game Saturday. Mm. Um, and I think he's supposed to be back, but yeah, I mean, I'd kind of keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, I mean, just in the end, the sumo thing is what drives me nuts. Um, yeah, watching our running back usage, I whatever you know. There's enough people yeah. that were saying insinuating that he was soft, that you know, and that ha- you know. You know, in a first year for a running back who gets injured and can't get back on the field, I think it's really weird to say he, quote unquote, always had injury problems. So yeah. to me, I was just like, someone internally is trying to say this guy is soft and could have played. And, you know, they let him go. I just think it was really weird. Um, Josh Harris, to me, is always going to be the one that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I think even Dave yeah. said that he basically got a little bit wamboozled. Um on an NIL account there. And I just wonder, I would have really liked to see him finish out here. I always had really high hopes for him. Um, you know, and after watching the second string defensive line against Notre Dame, I'm, I was just sitting there yeah. going, come on, like this dude would have clearly been better uh, prepared than these guys. Yep. And then Ben Finley got pulled for some reason. He wasn't playing that bad. He didn't have a great game. Uh, Devin Carter didn't have a catch. So kind of a weird 
Kind of well, weird ben, day for the Wolfpack storylines. I don't think Ben was the starter in the first game. He wasn't, and then I think guy got hurt, and then Ben Finley came in and played pretty well. And he actually, you know, he looked all right. They were Cal playing Auburn, which is a weird matchup. I can't believe they almost won that game. And they did almost win that game. Yeah, they did almost win that game. Well, this has this not been like probably the weirdest two weeks of football as far as just how how many teams look discombobulated out there. Like, you know, like I, I get Nebraska sucking, um, but like Auburn struggling with Cal is weird to me. Um, you know, the, the UNC app game, the <laughs> BC almost losing to Holy Cross, uh, Pitt, I think lost. Didn't Pitt lose to Washington State? Yes. Right. Um, Ohio State looks questionable. Um, you know. I don't know, man. Just a weird first two weeks of like, maybe it's just a a sign that there's not very many elite quarterbacks this year for for blue chip programs, and that's why it looks weird. But you know, Clemson still looking bad. I mean, I think we all thought Klubnik was not the real deal, um, but you know, Clemson what it was like fourteen to seven against Charleston Southern. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just. Not, it's weird because like, I think we were what like, SEC was like, did we beat the SEC in four or five games? Yeah, SEC struggling this year. Yeah, right. Nope. And then nope. um, you know Texas beating Alabama, like every, just everything seems wrong. It's like that. It's just like the realignment from last season has completely <laughs> like college football is just out of sorts. Um, yeah. You know, hilarious. I, uh, I'm just waiting for Oregon State to win the Pac-12 and just to really hammer this thing home as the Pac-2. And uh, oh yeah, and the Pac-2 suing the Pac-12 members, like yeah, oh uh, yeah, just a weird, weird Ridiculous. year. And then the NCAA like doing a diamond a DDP on. Um, hang on, hang on. Don't no 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 no. Oh, is that in the there. notes? Sorry, I don't get there. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. This was supposed the to be a mini NCAA- pod, man. We're 41 minutes in. Come on. <laughs> Get over it. The NC State, other NC State storyline that I wanted to mention is uh, the lady golfer, Lauren Oliviares, shot a 60 with 11 straight birdies. That's that pretty good. Doing work. <laughs> she went bogey, bogey, birdie, par, birdie, birdie, and then birdie the, the entire front nine. Lowest round ever in the NCAA women's golf. Uh, she was leading the tournament, obviously. And I'm not sure actually how she finished, but holy cow, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hell of a run. Yeah. Ridiculous. 11 birdies in a row is just ridiculous. I, she was all, all over the place. Did anyone get a, a life status check on Chance? Did he have like a heart attack after watching that? Because <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> he probably did. Uh, so, yes, the other one is the NCAA's comments regarding Tez Walker. They have denied his appeal and appeal of appeal and whatever else. They basically shut this thing down. The best part about it is they said exactly what I said uh, when I tweeted it out. And I'm going to read this quote here. Citing extenuating factors such as mental health does not necessarily support a waiver request, but instead may in some situations suggest a student athlete should primarily focus on addressing those critical issues during their initial transition to a third school. So take care of grandma. (laughs) Go take care of grandma and you don't need to play football. Well, no, um, the worst is like you, you got Mac Brown and these guys basically saying he's like catatonic and possibly suicidal over all this, to which I would say, like, it's probably not a good idea 
to play this kid yet if that's where he is like yeah you know if you're going to say that kind of stuff and like to me i just think it's poor taste in unc leadership to be putting that information out there too like that's unfair to him even if he gives it the okay it's i think it's still wrong um you know, it's they, just they also I, called out Mac Brown for being <laughs> contradicting his own statements, which we've already pointed out where they were demanding and um, con- very congratulatory towards pushing for a one time only transfer rule and all others sit out. <laughs> and then they actually said those comments directly contradict what we and our fellow Division One members and coaches called for, including UNC's own football coach. I was like, oh, throwing throwing darts. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, great. and he deserves it. Um, yeah, I mean, Tez Walker's gonna go pro. It's fine. He'll be he'll be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. There, I just it's hilarious. I, I think the the response was hilarious because that's exactly what I was saying. Like, go focus on the things you you need to focus on if that's really the concern. So, yeah. Well, you were told that he doesn't have a nursing degree and he shouldn't be taking care of his grandma or whatever someone said to you. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's all I got. I'll let Will go. I know he's trying. It's uh, Wednesday morning, and I know he's anxious to get back to back to work after jury. Well, I lost. Yeah, I lost the whole day being foreman on a murder trial. So um, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Guil- we didn't get done guilty? until uh, not guilty, and it was. Ooh. Oof. I got some words Ooh. for the Commonwealth uh, and how their attorneys approached this case, um, especially <laughs> after we finally got to rewatch the video evidence. Uh, oh, man. Um, it was, yeah, it was a terrible case and uh, really frustrating to sit on. Um, and the, the way the Commonwealth went so hard in the paint at the end to try and get this lady, uh, this girl, uh, convicted was disgusting. So... It was um, just, I think justice was served, but it was really frustrating to sit there and be like, oh man, like someone could be coming at me one day for something like this. And, you know, it just felt, the whole process just felt really tough to watch. So uh, I hope no one else ever has to do that. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely an emotionally exhausting day. All right. Last question is the conversation in the pod chat happening right at this second. Is Taylor Swift attractive? <laughs> but I'm going to put Zach on blast here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I think she's pretty attractive. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate her uh, ability to uh, write this much music. And uh, I don't know what the chat is talking about. So I don't know if I'm on the wrong side of this or the right side of this. But uh, yeah. Uh, cracks That's, me up. That's hilarious. Y'all crack me Jeez. up. Constant, constant. There's constant nonsense happening, and I love it. It cracks me up. Oh my gosh! Is that under All random? Right. Where is that? I gotta go that's find in, this. That's in random. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I don't even know where it came from or why it started, but it did. And I lost my window to for the recordings. All right. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the uh, tune-up game against VMI, and feel free to call us in. Leave us a message. Oh my god! From LA. We could use some more. Yeah. Anyway. Hold on. I got to say 99% of her music sucks. Zach, you're a hundred percent wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest cultural, she's one of the biggest cultural icons ever. Her, Dude. 
her video um, movie deal or concert movie deal is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Her, yeah. I mean, if you sit there and just unobjectively listen to her music, it is a lot of catchy earworm stuff. And I will uh, give credit where credit's due. I used to think she was, uh, I didn't understand the thing like 10 years ago. And then I listened for a minute and I was like, okay, I get it. She's kind of good. And uh, yeah, boy, Zach, we're going to have to have a, we're going to have a chat. <laughs> I really wish I had pulled the, you know, some, some Taylor Swift music for the outro here, but I don't. Oh man. Yeah. Put that love story song on there, man. Like... <laughs> Probably get flagged by Spotify or something. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Y'all have a good day. Uh, have a good rest of the week. And as always, go pack. Go back. I was raised by the